Boston College's offensive line is one of the keys for the last six games for the Eagles. There are two players that are injured right now, and their health could be a major factor heading into the Wake Forest game. Jeff Halfley talked about it today. Will they be back? We'll get into it on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. All right. So on Tuesday, Jeff Halfley, Boston College head coach, he held his and his weekly yeah, annual weekly press conference to talk about everything going on for Wake Forest prep. And yeah, he talked about, you know, playing at a high level, which I, I feel like he talks about a lot and that's his thing. And that's, that's fine. And, but is that anything we're going to talk about? No, because it's usually the kind of talking points that he talks about, right? He's going to talk about, he talked about Sam Hartman and how good they are fine. Again, he says that about everybody, the meat, the meat and potatoes of this press conference was the most important point, the injuries to the offensive line. Continuity with this offensive line has been a major issue all year long. You've seen Drew Kendall get hurt, Ozzy Trapillo get hurt, Finn Durstein get hurt. I mean, you've heard, you've seen Dave DeGuglielmo fall and break his toes. No, I'm kidding. He did not do that. But you want to see this team get their five that they want out there healthy. And it hasn't happened yet. It's been, you know, pick and choose here and there all season long. Well, Halfley, he gave his updates on the offensive line. And I got to say, I didn't feel like I got a whole lot out of this <laughs> uh, because it's kind of his thing. You know what I mean? Like he talked about Finn Durstein, who's missed the last couple of games because of an injury. And he's, you know, he said that they're still battling injuries. Drew Kendall, who got dinged up against Clemson, but we didn't hear about it. He got injured too. And here's what Halfley had to say about Kendall. We're going to have to rest him up. We're just trying to make sure he's as healthy as can be. He says he's hopeful. I feel like hopeful has been the Jeff Halfley term for every injury this year. So if you have any insight on whether Drew Kendall's going to actually play, hit that comment section below because Halfley uses his his coach speak all the time. And I get it. I, I'm not blaming Jeff Halfley for this because injuries happen and you don't want to give any edge to your opponent, especially when you're a team like BC who needs every inch to get there. But for someone who covers the team, who's trying to tell the fans what's going on, it's frustrating because you're not getting anything out of this. <clears throat> and the news about Durstein is equally as vague. He says, we're just going to have to wait and see. He's considered day to day. So if I was a betting man, if I was, if I were to bet, I I imagine either one or both of these guys are not going to play on Saturday. I think you're going to have to wait. <laughs> you all know, 
you know what account to wait for is Pete Thamel of ESPN. He's he's the guy that gets that hour and a half before the game injury report that he gets to blast out, which is awesome because he gets all the bla- all the news about everything. But hey, he gets this one too. Um, and, and and find out if Kendall is is out. I imagine they're going to put Jackson Ness at center. Uh, they t- they did a bunch of that during the summer when 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 Kendall was out. And then if if Durstein is out, you're going to probably play Dwayne Alec and um, um, I don't know, Otto Hess probably at, at guard. I mean, it, it, it's really put it, it's really putting band aids all over the place right now. This offensive line. In terms of other injuries, I mean, this team is so banged up right now. Elijah Jones, they showed pictures of him at practice, so he looks like he's ready to go. Not sure about George Takis. We haven't heard anything about him. Halfway did not talk about him. So that's a question mark. But I think those are the two big ones, right? The offensive line. At the end of the day, when we sit back and we look at the prep for this game, the offensive line is going to be a major factor, of course. But is it going to really matter? I hate to be a negative Nancy right now, but that's where I, this is where I'm at, folks. This is where I'm at following this team. Like it just feels like this game is just like another bye week, but it's a loss in the bye week column. Because I mean, does does anyone out there really believe BC has a chance against Wake Forest? You just you just know how this game is just going to run. It's the defense will probably make a couple stops against Sam Hartman. They'll make a few stops. The offense will do nothing. And then the defense will get gassed. And then the, the train will go off the track again. I feel like that's just, just the repeating pat, the repeating practice. When you play a good offense, I, I think back to the, to the, um the Florida state game. That's kind of how it went, right? Like BC, you know, they started off really poor, but they, they kept making some stops. And then all of a sudden they just ran out of gas and it was over. I feel like that's the same path here. So yeah, it's going to stink if Kendall can't play. It's going to stink if Durstein can't play, but at the end of the day, it's really going to matter. <laughs> Does it really? I mean, I don't want to sound like I I'm, I'm, I'm I, I hate the way I'm sounding right now, but this is where I'm at. This is where we're at as a fan base. Like you just want to get past this game, get to Duke, get to UConn and NC state without Devin Leary and, 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 and Notre Dame and see what we got there. That feels like it give enough time, a little bit more experience. You're going to see what you have there. This game just feels like it just doesn't feel like it's of any relevance because BC, I mean, the, the spreads 19 points or 20 points right now hit the over on that. I mean, I just don't feel like BC has a chance and I feel like that's just, that's kind of where they're at now in a moment. I want to get into something where they're at. We're getting something a little bit more positive and I want to get into their recruiting with BC because I had some questions about that. And I want to get into some of my thoughts about where the Eagles are kind of at with, um, with recruiting and, and, and this football program. So we're going to talk a little bit here about sweat block. Sweat block is a great antiperspirant that helps you when you're embarrassingly sweating a lot. I do that all the time. I ha- I have to say like when I'm wearing a dress shirt, I have to, I have to pray that it's not hot or sweaty out because I am a mess. But you know what? Sweat block is the answer for me. It helps a guy like me, a guy who I, you know, even even when I'm in my most fit, when I'm a runner, 
I am still sweating a ton. And Sweat Block was created by a doctor and helps guys like me that have excessive sweating. It was recommended by doctors. It's used by doctors. Basically, you use it once, boom, you are ready to go. They are the place to go if you are a guy or you know a guy that sweats. Now, if you know someone or someone you love or yourself is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. You can save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon. I mean, folks, if you are a sweater, this is this is a game changer right here, folks. Head to sweatblock.com and check this out. I think it's really gonna, I think you're gonna really enjoy this product. It helped me, it'll help yourself. All right. We are back here to talk more about BC and I want to hit football. We're going to get to basketball in that last segment because I'm still getting into basketball. And there's a couple of little news and notes I want to get into there, but let's talk about BC recruiting for a second. Now, last week I got into the decommitment of St. Francis Academy defensive end slash edge rusher, Brian Sims, who immediately committed to Cincinnati. It was like, guy didn't even send. I felt like he sent in his tweet saying he was decommitted and then who's already hitting that the the commitment post for Cincinnati the, the day after whatever but rightfully so I've heard a lot of folks saying uh oh AJ I'm expecting a huge flood of decommitments because of the state of Boston College football these kids are gonna see the sink sinking ship and they're gonna lose faith in Jeff Halfley you know when is when is the the um the avalanche of decommitments going to come and i've said over and over again i don't believe it's coming i think most of these kids are are i don't want to say enamored cuz that's not the right word but they really buy in to the message and culture that Jeff Halfley, Azar Abdul Rahim, and this staff is selling. And yeah, they're going to see the, the results of the field and go, oof, that's a little tough. But they are seeing, they, I think they still think, and right or wrong, and you can agree or disagree with what they say. I'm telling you what the kids have told me. I, guys, I cover this stuff. This isn't me just spitballing or me making up stuff. I've taught, I, I mean, you go to Eagle Insider. I talk to recruits all the time. This is what I hear. Okay. They think that their class and the upcoming classes are going to fix the issues that you're seeing right now. There's offensive linemen that are committed. They're going, you know what? I'm going to be there in a couple of years. I'm going to help fix this because I think Jeff Halfley's doing the right thing. And if I get there, I'll help him fix that. There's defensive players that are seeing what Donovan Azaraku and Nito Ekpal are going and saying, look, he's doing it. I can do that too. Okay. And you don't even need to get into wide receivers and running backs. The skill positions are there. And the, I think the tight ends are getting there too. It's these positions that you're worried about like offensive line, defensive line, that you're like, oh, are these guys going to flip? I don't see it. And to be fair, some of that has to do with where BC's at at recruiting. If BC was recruiting, you know, in the top 25, 
yeah, absolutely. I would be more worried about guys flipping. Now, I'm not going to be naive to say there won't be other guys that might flip, but there's players out there and you can look at the teams. I look at St. Francis Academy right now. I look at what they do. An excellent high school program that produces really good talent. They get national attention. So even if there's a recruit like Brian Sims, Brian Sims didn't have a two, four, seven rating for, you know, months. They get attention. Okay. And those players know they get attention. And because of that, they may look at other programs because other programs are going to knock on their door. So yeah, it might be natural that St. Francis Academy, uh, a team, let's uh, let's be honest here. Let's let's call let's call it what it is. They grab C.J. Burton, who decommitted from another program. They lost Jamal Hood. Jude Bowery was fine. Brian Sims, he decommitted. They have Darrell Robinson, who was committed, I believe, to Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech at different times. It's a program that is fluid. I'm not going to judge or say anything negative about what they are doing. I'm just saying that's kind of how that program works, right? That could happen. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. That being said, other than that, unless you see some late offers, maybe these kids have some senior film that pops. I don't see BC losing many other players. I don't. I just don't. Guys like Jacoby Robinson, their their quarterback, I think he's solid. The two Catholic Memorial kids. The big negative, though, the part that I you gotta you gotta call it what it is, is getting other guys to buy in. And the biggest one that we've talked about is Roderick Pleasant, who is now I think a top fifty recruit on two four seven. He's a cornerback from California. He holds the uh, the California state record and some track events. Absolute burner. And right now it's between USC, Oregon, and BC. And I mean, honestly, if you look at that. You know what it is. You know where BC's at, and that's going to be a loss. BC needed to have a big season to keep a guy like that. I don't see. I don't. I. I have a hard time believing his relationship with Halfley, which I've heard is great, is going to be enough to overcome playing for a team in his backyard like USC, who is a national contender. I just don't see it happening. So that's those are the the cases. I think they're going to be tougher. Is getting those guys that are bigger right now, but. You know, winning at the end of the season could really fix a lot of that. So I think that's some some things to think about. On top of all of that, I I have been following along, and I've got some I've got some um, I've done some little research here. We'll call it that. That I think BC is already starting to to dig into the recruit transfer portal, which is what you expect them to do. As much as Jeff Halfley likes loves to say. I don't live in the transfer portal, which he shouldn't. He needs to build his own program. I think he also needs to understand that what he did this year and that that philosophy has kind of bit him in the butt a little bit. Now, should he just become the next Ole Miss or Miami that's like, you know, screw recruiting, I'm going to go right into the transfer portal? No, he should absolutely not do that. But he needs to do a better job addressing needs in his program through the transfer portal. I think that's what he's doing. So I think you're going to start seeing BC popping up on some, on some transfers lists coming up. And I would not be surprised 
if it's offensive lineman. And I know he struggled with that last year, but I think that could be a potential for BC. I also, I, I still get the feeling that BC could be involved in quarterbacks because they have three options for next year. They could still have Phil Dracovic, who has one more year of eligibility. But after this season, I would not blame him in the least if he wants to go somewhere else and try for one more season. They could go with Emmett Moorhead, who lots of fans really love. But as Mitch Wolf has said, and we've watched, he is raw, 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 raw. And throwing him out there to the wolves, as much as some folks want to say it, is not going to make him any less raw. It, it'll get him some bumps, and it could hurt his his confidence, but I'm not sure it's going to fix him right away. I still, my gut with Emmett Moorhead is he's still a year away, which then leaves you with two other options. Someone on the roster, I don't think anyone's ready yet, or BC going into the transfer portal. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys out there that are looking for starting gigs, and it would be the perfect uh, bridge between Dracovic and Moorhead because I still... It's my thought right now that going from Dracovic to Moorhead would not be a good idea. You need to go Dracovic, one-year transfer, Moorhead, and then you go into your guys. And I think that's where BC needs to go. So I'm not sure. I saw Jack Tuttle was the name I saw. He was a four-star quarterback, uh, I think class of 2020, uh, who originally transfer, uh, committed to Utah, transferred to Indiana. He hasn't played all that much, but he's 6'2", 6'3" big guy. Um, he could be someone, but there's other names out there too. I'm sure BC is getting involved with um, or could get involved with. We'll have to wait and see what happens. We'll get into that uh, as we get to the off season. And that's not what we're going to get into right now. Now, in a moment, I want to get into basketball. I, you know, folks, I am getting so excited about talking about basketball because I think there, there's so much potential, but there was one poll that came out today that sh- does not share the same uh, optimism that I have about BC basketball. I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have to have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So all you need to do Go on to LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to finish. Now, you are going to want that right team member, and you need to go to LinkedIn Jobs because they're going to help you find it. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Boston College, I am your host, AJ Black here, and we are talking about BC basketball. Before I get into this, though, I want to recommend that you hit that subscribe button on Locked On BC on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, just search Locked On BC and hit that subscribe button. Even if, I'm telling you, folks, even if you're not going to listen all the time, go in there. Just do that for me. I'm I'm searching to get to 600 subscribers by the start of basketball. We're at like 550 now. 
and I've got like three weeks. So I need your help. I really need your help. Hit that subscribe button. If you got multiple Gmail accounts, you could do multiple subscriptions. And honestly, like folks, your subscriptions help even if you're not listening to it. So go to Locked On BC on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Let's talk about basketball. Yesterday, I gave you three reasons why I'm excited about BC basketball. And I had a, 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 a listener chime in and give up a great point. And his, he goes by Bob or B.O.B. He said, here, and to, here's, he, he gave me permission to read this. <clears throat> hey, AJ, grew up in Mass. I'm a PC alum. Fi- fiance is a BC alum. I root for all New England Big East schools to succeed besides UConn my man thank you think you do an awesome job with the locked on pod you're clearly very dedicated to the school and a super fan of the programs uh, uh yeah i'm a fan of the program but i'm trying not to be a fan of the program i get it in terms of the most relevant recent oh god i'm botching reading right now in terms of the most recent basketball pod i would tread with a bit more caution to avoid the same potential pitfalls that are occurring with football a la two hefty expectations which lead to disappointment it's only it's earl's second season and a guy like Prince who is a highlighted is only a freshman a four star forward is going to struggle come ACC play conference play is a beast and experience benefits my concern is that the fans of BC are legitimately expecting to make the NCAA tournament this season if they fall short of that so they only get six or seven ACC wins again this year's ACC is stronger than last then fans will be mightily disappointed and be questioning Earl despite him having things going the right direction in year two curious your thoughts on any of that in either way appreciate the dedication you're towards covering your alma mater and a new england school generally all right thank you so much bob i appreciate your comments and i brought that up because i think you do bring up a good point and i and i i don't want to be the guy that's pushing too hard um but there were two interesting um preseason projections and i i'm going to get into one the other one you need to go to eagle insider and you can read my um vip if you're a vip member it's only a dollar to sign up for a month check it out but the acc media released their preseason poll today and they had bc 13th you know where bc was last year 13th (laughs) so they're not having much in terms of um projecting much there now I will use Ken Palm's ratings, which again, I'm, I'm respecting my, my VIP members. I'm just going to say that they have them much higher than that. So where, where does the truth lie? Where does the truth lie here? And I think Bob brings up a good point. You always want to be careful about where you put freshmen in terms of projecting them to do a ton of, um, you know, on court contributions. That being said, I know a couple of our, our premium subscribers are really high on what TJ Bickerstaff can do. So there might be the case that they see what Prince Oligbe can do at forward. And maybe he he has some freshman struggles. That's totally natural, right? But maybe they go to TJ Bickerstaff more often because he's been around for years. This is you know his second year, but he's also played, you know, before that. Um, it was a writer. I'm totally blank out of school. He was at, and you guys yell at me in the, in the comment section, but I do think it's important to, 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 to be realistic in expectations. I just think it it's such a fine line of where you want to go with this, because on one hand, yeah, you want to be reserved on expectations, but 
I'm a host of a podcast that does this five days a week. There is absolutely no buzz about Boston College sports other than where the basketball program is. If I go out there and I say, and I do believe that there should be buzz about this program, that, oh, you know what, guys, let's just couch it. This is going to be a disappointing season. Who the hell is going to listen to me? I mean, I got, I have to, I have to have some optimism and I don't want to be a honk about this. So I, I say that with respectfully, because I think what Ken Palm put out is actually a good middle ground between whatever the hell the ACC preseason poll was and what I said yesterday, which may be way too much, too optimistic, but that's okay. That's kind of what I'm hoping I can see. And you can see what Ken Palm put out because I think it's a it's a good middle ground. It's up on Eagle Insider. Become a member. It's only a dollar for the first month. But I think that's a fair point. Like, just be careful. But I want to be excited. It, I it, it just that's just background information. When I was at BC, I was there the year that they started twenty and zero. And going to BC basketball was the social highlight of my year there even more than football. And that was, I think right after the first year that they went to the ACC, which was fun. I mean, that first Florida state game, man, I was in good shape for that game, but that was a lot of fun. Um, But basketball, that was, I remember just going this with my, my now wife uh, to so many of those games. And we just go every, every game because it was just like, you just did it. And I am so dying for that to return to alum, uh, to Conti Forum for the fans, the young fans that haven't seen or even seen any semblance of that for basketball. I want to see that get back. And yeah, I don't want to set Earl Grant up for failure because if I set the expectation bar too high, I just want to get fans excited because this there is a lot of positives about this program right now that they've got so much going they've got a culture they've got a lot of returning vets that i think are going to do really well they've got some freshmen they've got a i mean i think mason madsen could be kind of fun to watch we have not even seen what devin mclaughton could do and i've heard Daryl grant really praise him and and then a, a really manageable out of conference schedule other than villanova there's no i mean ken palm again go to my site you can see it other than Villanova, there really isn't much on BC's out-of-conference schedule that they can't handle. So there's a little bit of excitement, but you're right. You're right. I need to slow things down there because I don't want to set Grant up. But that's my thoughts. On tomorrow's show, and I, again, I have to apologize about this. Last night I was recording, and I went, oh, yeah, Cam Lemons is coming on tomorrow. And I went, oh, crap. No, he said he's coming on on Wednesday. This was Monday. That's what my week has been like, folks. It's been like one of those weeks where Monday feels like it should be Thursday. Um, He's coming on tomorrow. I'm going to be on his show on uh, 247's uh, Demon Deacon Digest podcast, and he's going to come on my show. We'll talk about Wake Forest. He's going to talk all about how BC lines up against this program. He is excellent. If you like Mitch Wolf and the kind of the perspective he has, wait till you hear Cam. Cam is, he's superb too. Uh, this is AJ Black. Thank you for following along. Make sure to hit us up on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button right now. Just go over there, hit it. Just do it. It does help the podcast. I'll be back again tomorrow. Follow me on AJ Black underscore BC on Twitter. And I hope you all have a great night and a great day. Take care, everyone.